0: the Beef Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension beef educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing a Beef Watch newsletter article titled Translating and Applying Genomic EPDs. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Hannah Smith, who's a Nebraska Extension beef systems educator. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well,
0: Hannah, as we record this podcast, we're in the middle of bull sale season and Customers are getting sale catalogs in the mail, and one of the things that's often in the sale catalog is genomic EPDs. And with that, there can be some questions around what does this mean? What do the numbers mean? Help us walk through and understand from a a layman's level, how do we understand what genomics do for us as it relates to EPDs?
1: Yeah, so I think the first step is understanding the hierarchy of of information that, that goes into how we get to EPDs and then further enhanced EPDs, right? So um, we spent the past 20 or 30 years in our industry really like trying to understand and make sure that we appropriately apply EPDs. Um, and, and so that's been harped on us for a really long time and, and such a phenomenal tool. And, and the amount of data and science behind that has advanced our opportunities to work towards breeding objectives so quickly. But then on top of that, we now have this DNA technology that's a part of the industry. And and what that looks like is, you know, you take a sample off of a calf and that can look like a hair sample, a blood sample, or even like an ear punch, which is a tissue sample. And then we're able to look at the markers that occur in that animal's DNA. And so what is the true combination? And, and, And let's step back of, you know, whenever we were working on GCPDs, we were having to assume a 50% contribution from the dam and a 50% contribution from the sire. And that's how we calculate the breeding value of that offspring, right? So so that 50-50 contribution is what we worked off of for years. And 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 while we were still able to make great advancements, the accuracy wasn't necessarily there quickly. So we saw younger sires as you turned in more data on them as they sired offspring and you could report that. We increased that accuracy and we could better predict or or. Gauge where that bull landed within the breed. Well, now, as we see these different DNA combinations that we get from our different genomic samples, we can see how those alleles, which are the genetic material, how do those come together in each animal? There's millions of variations that can occur whenever you you make two animals, right? So put them together. How does that DNA start to form and come together and tie into what's going to create this this offspring, and then what is their impact on their further production? So what the genomics show us is truly how those alleles come together and how that relates, whether it's more towards the dam or towards the sire, and what that expression might better look like. It's increasing the accuracy of our prediction of what the expression is gonna look like based on how that animal relates to sire and dam. And that is ultimately the genomic component that we're able to include in the calculation of EPDs. So that's how you get to genomically enhanced EPDs and not just your basic expected progeny differences, right? So now we've got this improved opportunity to know or predict how this animal's offspring is going to perform or how they'll impact their 50% contribution to that genetic material. And so we're able to enhance accuracies and get to a true valuation faster of a breeding value. And so that way, whenever we're selecting for those breeding objectives, we've got a little bit better idea, and we're increasing our advantage there. You know, a good example: pick an EPD that has a lot of data behind it. So, one of the highest amounts of data in in, in most breeds is going to be birth weight, right? So, if you're able to do genomics and provide a DNA sample from both parents and the offspring that you're we're talking about right now, you can increase the accuracy. To the equivalency of having 25 records turned in on that animal prior to their first breeding season. So, you know, 12, 14, 16 months of age, you already know how they would have performed before you see 25 offspring performance. So that's that's an easy way to kind of wrap your head around the increase of accuracy. It, it's deep, and, and I understand that, but, but understanding that we don't have to just function off of a 50-50 percent assumption anymore, we can get to what we want to get to a lot faster, and, and there's increased value behind some of those numbers that we see in, in those genomically enhanced DPDs.
0: So, you think about this, obviously, the, the bull is still getting 50% of its genetic material from its sire or dam, but what I hear you saying, Hannah, is that now we have a better understanding of how the alleles combine, and based on that, you know, is the alleles more like the sire or more like the dam? And then from that, we can start to be more specific around what is that animal's true breeding value. So we've narrowed up the range of what could happen in terms of what we looked at in the past. If I bought a bull, uh, there can be a fair amount of variation in what his offspring may actually be. On the average, we would expect something, but his true breeding value uh, might be higher or lower than that. Now we've really tightened up the window uh, by having this genetic information allows us to be more accurate in knowing what his true breeding value is without having to get a lot of progeny.
1: Exactly. And in a good way, I guess a, a baseline way to look at it, let's use calving EZP. So so that's a great one because we can see those numbers move. We watch those numbers move in in, in every breed, every time that you know you see the next hot heifer bull hit the market. All right, so here's where his, his calving ease started at plus 12. And we're going to run with that and we're going to put him on a bunch of heifers and we're going to see what happens. And you get through, you know, your first season and that calving might might drop to a plus 10. And then we get more records put in on him and he might drop to a plus eight. And then by the time it's all said and done, we're looking at a bull with a CED of plus five or six. And we started at plus 12. But but it took us some time to get there. And that is just based on non-genomically enhanced CPDs, right? So so we we still got there, but it's going to take a little extra time and we've got to see the performance out of them. Whereas opposed to those genomically enhanced CPDs, we might be able to start that bull out at a plus eight. And we never even thought to put him on a, on a set of heifers, depending on what your cow set is. And so we, we've already gotten there quicker. And so we're able to make sure that we're, we're getting towards those breeding objectives. We're evaluating our use of resources better, honestly. Like, yeah, we don't want to spend more time pulling calves because- He's got a dystocia issue based on his CD, but but we, we are able to better utilize and function those numbers based on truly what we're trying to drive at, just because we get to there quicker, ultimately.
0: So we've taken just a little bit of the guesswork, so to speak, out of the EPD. So we're just basically saying genomics allows you to have a higher level of accuracy with a bull or a, or a heifer uh, before you actually get progeny on the ground. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. And and there's some, you bring up a point in talking about just like raw genomics versus genomically enhanced EPDs. And that's a division. And I think there are two tools that can be used. But I think that we need to make sure that we understand that there's a difference between raw genomics, which is a one to 100% ranking within a breed, right? And then there's genomically enhanced EPDs. And that's incorporating some of those numbers into an already established EPD data set. So it's enhancing them, not replacing our selection criteria that we've already been selecting off of. Great tools, just making sure we're applying them where we where we need to see them applied.
0: Well, Hannah, anything else on this topic you want to highlight today?
1: No, I, I just encourage you that if you've had a chance, go visit the article. It's from the February edition of the Beef Watch. Dive in there. There's a good example of a set of twin calves in there. that are out of the same dam and sire and what the results of their genomic EPDs are. It's a good conversation to have, especially during bull cell season, because this is when we're all thinking about it, right? This is how we, what what's fresh in our minds and how we can make sure that we're advancing towards our breeding objectives as quickly as we can and with the most efficient use of our resources.
0: Thanks again for joining me today. Thank you. But for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article Translating and Applying Genomic APDs.